everyone. Thank you, first of all, so much for the feedback I got on our little um, taster podcast from last week. So I'm glad those of you who listened enjoyed it. So um, you've got me back for more, for some more. So um, this week I thought um, we'd maybe delve into being a, a bit more topical. I thought, I thought it was maybe a bit real for the first one, you know. But uh, this week I thought, why not do a bit of a... COVID-19 lockdown themed podcast um, just focusing on all the, the parenting challenges that that has brought um, in fact to be honest we'll see how this goes it might even become a bit of a mini series we might do a few a few podcasts on this one um, so we'll see, we'll see how long this one ends up, up being I'll try and keep it to that 20 minute mark so it's not not too long um, so first I just thought I'd um, share with you sort of my initial my initial reaction to um the the idea that we were going to be in this lockdown situation a bit and a bit of background to that so um I don't know if you guys are, are probably the same but you know quite often I get into a bit of a, a parenting bubble where um you know I only work a couple of days a week so you're just kind of in your rhythm of, of being at home with the kids and quite often that means that I don't see a lot of, of grown-up telly during the day and I often don't you know, have the TV on at sort of um, tea time because you're busy making dinner and, and eating dinner and whatnot so I don't always get to see much of the news. Um, so this, um, the, the week before the lockdown was announced, this was, um, it was one of those weeks for me. Um, so it totally crept up on me. Um, so I think maybe the Thursday or Friday before before that happened, um, the first kind of indication I had anything was different was I went to do the food shop and there was like no food in the Aldi. And I was wondering what was going on and I just thought it must be some supply issue with Aldi or whatever. So I, the few things that I had picked up and put in the trolley, I put them all back and I went over to Tesco's and discovered it was exactly the same and was made... 10 times more stressful by the fact that I don't often go to Tesco so don't know my way around and I had both the kids on the trolley and they were like you know hitting each other and pulling each other's hair and fighting plus the fact that I was you know trying to walk around trying to find stuff I didn't know where anything was compounded by the fact that they didn't have half the stuff that I wanted um, it was a really not a enjoyable shopping trip at all and I ended up leaving very stressed and having not bought half of the food <laughs> I actually needed um, so after that, I had another sort of bubble weekend. I went to Joe Jingles on the Monday morning. There was like two other people there. And I was like, what is going on? Where is everybody? And that was the first I heard anyone actually explain that people were starting to panic about um, coronavirus and uh, that they were starting to stay indoors. And then the same thing happened later on. We went about five o'clock or whatever. We would go to our little football training session. And again, there was like two other people there and I was like okay this is um this is getting a bit kind of serious now um and then at work that week you know was the last week of before we were told um there was going to be an actual proper lockdown and it was that was the the last week we had actually in the office we were kind of sent to work from home that week and I remember just being really really anxious about it and actually saying that saying I've never uh, you know, since I've become a mum, or, or certainly in the since the early weeks of becoming a mum, I've never just been in the house 
with my kids. I've always gone out and about and gone to classes or groups or even just like down the shops and stuff. And suddenly we were faced with this prospect that you were going to have to just stay in the house um, all the time with your children. So I just wanted to share that with you because I thought it was important to give you some context that, you know, despite the fact that, you know, I, I have the benefit of being a trained educator and work in education every day, um, I still felt like that. So um, I really have a lot of empathy for parents out there who don't come from that kind of background. I can, you know, you know, really imagine just how anxiety provoking the thought of that was and actually what the reality of it is like. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, you know, pretty normal, I think, to have been feeling as apprehensive as that. And it's pretty normal to be finding it really challenging. So um, I thought I'd just kind of share with you some tips um, around maybe just how to make daily family life a little bit easier when we're in this really, you know, weird situation of being stuck at home. So um first of all I thought I'd maybe start with a bit of bit of science. Um there's a really good book um by Sue Jenner called The Parent Child Game, which has been around for years, uh, really since the late nineties. And um I've actually only just bought myself my own copy of it, although I have have uh, been aware of it and have um you know, read bits of borrowed ones and bits and presentations and whatnot of this this book for for a long time. But it's really, really, I would really recommend it. I think it's actually out of print now. So the the version I got was actually an older version that I, that I got second hand. So it was only about a fiver or something. Like if you, um, wanted to get your hands on a little copy of it, um, but it is really, really good. It's really easy to read and it really explains, um you know, why your children behave in a certain way and like in really simple ways to sort of counterbalance that. So um a lot of what I'm going to tell you tonight is going to be borrowed from um uh, from that book. Uh, so the first thing I kinda wanted to mention from there was sort of the concept of child led behaviours versus child directive behaviours. Um so I'll put a little Again, I'll share, you know, things on Twitter so you don't have to kind of take loads of notes here. I'll put up sort of little snippets and, and um, graphics and stuff on Twitter that have this sort of summarised. Um, but just sort of in a nutshell, the idea of being um, child-centred uh, over a child-directive um, is not something that really comes naturally, um, but it is sort of... If you know you really force yourself to think about it, it's not overly hard to do, but it's just that it's not something that comes to you. You know, it's your, you know, basic um instinct really is just to go with being child directive, which is basically you know telling them what you want them to do, what they need to do, and when they've to do it. Um, and being child centered is just being the way it sounds, just being much more led by them. Um, and this. Honestly, as as I say, it takes a bit of thought to kind of override your like instinctive reactions, but like it is so effective that it is totally worth the effort. Um. So what 
uh, Sue Jenner says is that what you want to aim for is um, to have six child-centred behaviours for every child directive one. So each time, just flicking through this book here if you hear me <laughs> in the background, um, each time that you give your child um, a child a child directive behaviour, so you directly tell them to do something, you want to make sure that your aim to be weighed by them six times for every once you do that. The good news is that she suggests, uh, Sue Jenner suggests, that a one to three response is okay. So if you're hitting three times to every one, which I can't say I definitely do more than that, you're all right. But if you aim for six, then that is absolutely the optimal ratio. That's what, you know, is going to be a showstopper. Um, so let's see what type of example she gives you for child-directive versus um, child-centred. So child-directive behaviours are, as I say, the stuff that comes totally naturally to us. So things like asking questions such as, um, what did you do in our city today? Um, what colour is that? Um, frowning or rolling your eyes when your child does something you don't like. Um, sort of making an angry face um, or giving them like a, an angry look when they do something that, um, that you know, you don't, you know, it's not desirable. Um, you know, like I say, this stuff, we do it all the time. I'm actually doing this and like kind of cringing actually the amount of times I do stuff like this. Um, saying no, so just directly saying no. Uh, no, don't, you know, just no, don't do that. No, get away from there. Stop that. I mean, oh, I mean, how often do you, I mean, I do that a lot. So <laughs> these are, like I say, these are just there, the things that you naturally want to say. Um, so a child-centred behaviour, as I say, requires a bit more effort, but in is totally worth it in the end. So child-centred behaviours are stuff like um, describing out loud um, stuff that your child is doing that you approve of. Um, so something like, oh wow, you're doing a great job washing your hands there. Um, or, you know, just like commenting positively on what they're wearing or you know, how their hair looks. Um, you know, sort of narrating for them, like, stuff that they're doing well. Um, so, you know, if they're building something out of their Legos, like, oh, you're, you're concentrating really hard on that and, and, you know, building that house really well. You're really thinking about that. Um, stuff uh, like that, just smiling a lot, asking your child to play. So asking them what you would like, what they would like you to play with them and asking them to tell you what to do. Um, so you're not directing them, they're directing you. Um, and it, probably the hardest one um, is ignoring minor naughtiness. Um, that is the one I absolutely find so, so difficult. <laughs> really, really difficult. She has a lovely list on here of the sorts of things that are, are minor naughtiness that I'll just read out. So stuff like uh, kicking the chair or table legs, fiddling with the TV or remote control, um, chewing with her mouth open really noisily with her mouth open, refusing to wear um, outdoor clothes like hats and gloves, picking her nose, um, missing out syllables of words, 
um, having temper tantrums in public places, um, screaming when they can't have something um, for the 10th time, you know, that day, like the same programme, same episode of a programme over and over again, something like that. Posting all their toys out the cat flap, posting the contents of, contents of the laundry basket out of the cat flap, <laughs> or attempting to post themselves out of the cat flap. Um, so that's, that's uh, read directly from this book. Um, so these are the types of things that they will do, and they will do it over and over and over again. And the reason that they do it over and over and over again is because we give them attention for doing it. And yes, the attention is negative attention and it's those child directive things that I just spoke about. So it's saying, no, stop that, that's dirty, oh, don't do that, um, stop doing that, it's really annoying, I'm trying to listen to this or I'm trying to watch this, you know, no, it's freezing cold outside, you need to put on your hat. Um, all of that is, is getting interaction from you. So they're, they're not worried about whether the fact that, you know, you're cross with them or you're saying it to them in, a, in an annoyed voice or a cross voice, they just like any interaction with you um, and because we like as I'm saying come so naturally to respond in that way to these types of annoying and um, just minor behaviours or like irritating behaviours they just is a really easy way to get you to interact with them so they just do it over and over again so the idea is by being more child-centred um, you give them that attention that they want through when they're doing stuff that you know that isn't annoying you or isn't irritating so then they they then reduce the amount of time that they're doing the annoying minor things so as I say it's really really hard you're you constantly have to sort of stop yourself um, and I'm, I'm only saying it like that because I know that I have to do that I constantly almost stop it coming out your mouth before it does and reframing it quickly in your head and saying it in a more positive way um or in a more child-centered way um but the more you do that the the less of these annoying irritating behaviors you get um and i can I, I can really vouch for it on a personal level because the days that i am tired the days that you know i'm not feeling that great um you, you know just the normal days when you're not bringing your a game um, oh my goodness, they are definitely the more stressful days in our household. The days where I am on it and I'm, you know, really managing to keep all this stuff that, as I said last time, that I'm supposed to know <laughs> at the forefront of my mind, um, the more, you know, relaxed the day we have, uh, definitely. To the point that quite often I end up saying to them, oh, like, mummy's just really not bringing her A-game today. I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> um, and I try and, like, say to them as well, you know, you guys are bored. You're, you're showing me bored behaviour. I can see that mummy's really sorry. She's really tired today. Um, she, you know, she needs to get a better sleep tonight. And, do you know, actually, as, as we were talking about sleep last week, um, the more of that kind of narrative they have, actually, the the more amenable they are to going to bed quickly and going to sleep quickly because I say stuff like that to them, you know, if they're, if they're kind of um, up and all antsy um, at night time before they, you know, go to bed, I'll say, you know, remember you guys really need to go to sleep and have a big long sleep so that mummy can get a really big long sleep and then mummy is a much happier and much less grumpy mummy tomorrow and we can have a much more fun day and they actually really take that. Um, so, the more of this you manage to get into your routine, um, the easier life becomes. 
Um, so I don't, you know, I don't really want to <laughs> go on about that um, too much um, because it's a bit monotonous just hearing me talk about it. Um, so I'll, like I say, I'll post a few snippets of that up on the Twitter page um, for you to have a look at. And I would really recommend that book if you can get hold of it, as I have done, just an older edition that's... Um, you know which is nice and cheap because it's an older edition it's still really really relevant and it's still really based on really um you know and it's not obviously up to date science because it's older studies but it's still the science that we're working from now with even just more up to date studies that are confirming the same stuff that that book is based on so yeah i would just really really recommend that if you're you know up for some bedtime reading that will also just serve you well um on a day-to-day basis um so the next thing I thought we would talk about is maybe just some because I'm I'm we're already we're already at 16 minutes and all I've done is one about child <laughs> child-centered versus child directed behaviors so the next thing I just I kind of thought I might talk about is just some um tips on just making the day a bit easier um so uh, things that I guess I have done kind of naturally just having been used to working in a sort of um, sort of environment set up for children you know like in nurses and schools and stuff that actually people when they come around comment oh no that's really good I never thought of doing that and that kind of thing so I'm just going to share some of that with you um, so stuff like if your children have an area that they usually play in um, I really recommend sort of categorising all their toys into I just have like all different boxes with um, you know so they talk about the vehicles box that's one of their favourite ones so I just have all their cars and, and fire engines and all that kind of stuff in one box um, and then they have another box with their Duplo um, and uh, they have like a little trolley with their kind of art and craft stuff on it um, they have a box that just has all different shapes and sizes of balls in it um, you know and the list goes on so they know where they are and they're all within reach of them so you know they can just go and choose what they want to play with and when um, and again that's been really child-centered rather than child directives so you're not kind of picking out what they want to play with today they are just able to go and take what they like and that really promotes independence in them and it means that you can um, you know shame on me but stay in your bed a bit longer in the morning because you're happy to go through and just take down some toys and play with them for an extra 10 or 15 minutes while you wake up uh, and then go and make the breakfast is that's what that life in the morning looks like in my house anyway um, and that also recently I've bought a specific play mat that I've replaced my rug with um, and I find that really, really helpful to just zone where they actually play. So I'm far less likely to trip over stuff because they tend to keep all their stuff on their play mat. So those are um, sort of two little things that I have found really helpful during this period of time being um, in the house all the time is that, you know, they means they can play independently and you can actually still get on with some of the boring stuff that they are not going to enjoy um, because and, and you know they're not worried about it because they're quite happy to play with the stuff that they have chosen um, to play with. Um, another tip I'd say um, that helps with that is trying to avoid separating your normal household tasks with um, from, uh, sorry from the childcare. 
Um, so that's not to say that I kind of give them specific household tasks to do, but if they are kind of getting under my feet while I'm cooking or changing the bed or vacuuming or whatever, you know, just find a way for them to join in with it, even if it's like usually when I'm vacuuming, they make a game up of um, running away from the hoover as if it's like a monster <laughs> or whatever. And I just kind of let them get on with that because, you know, that's still positive interaction with you. They're being near you they enjoy it um, and it's it's time away again as I was talking about last time away from the screen um, because the alternative to that usually would be for me anyway would be to put on something they enjoyed watching while I went and did the other another task that, I, that they wouldn't want to do so if they show interest in being around me when I'm doing a boring household task um, I'll find a way for them to join in with that so that that is um that certainly helps me as well. It certainly helps me find those tasks less stressful because the alternative is, again, being child directive and being like, oh, go and watch your programme. Mummy's trying to do this. And, and, you know, and you end up just getting into that, that negative dialogue again of the back and forth because they're enjoying the interaction with you, even though it's a negative interaction of telling them to go back and, you know, get out from under your feet, basically. Um, whereas if you actually just kind of accept it under your feet and find a way to make that okay... Um, it just makes that a lot less stressful. Um, and I think probably I've just finished because we're kind of up up there already. I probably passed the uh, twenty minute mark for you guys. Um, just with saying that actually, um, I've been pleasantly surprised by how many opportunities I have found within you know, the, this, this kind of forced um, <laughs> confinement um, where I've really actually enjoyed having more time just to spend with my two wee ones, um, particularly my bigger one who's due to go to school after the holidays, so she's at nursery a lot. Um, and if she was doing that, you know, I would just have been going through my normal routine with her at nursery and then I would have had the summer holidays and then that would have been her off to school. So I'm really finding a silver lining in that that you know it's really nice to actually just to spend some time with my girl extra time with my girl that um I'm really enjoying and to be honest even um, my little one who you know is at home with me more I still was always running around taking him to swimming lessons taking him to Joe Jingles taking him to playgroup and all these are all things he really enjoys and I really enjoy um, it also is quite nice to just not always be trying to rush off to somewhere all the time or not having to f- be watching the clock and feeling like where are we rushing off to. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably just round up there. There was actually loads of other things I was going to talk about, so that's where um, what I was talking about there. We'll maybe have to make this into a bit of a mini-series, like a sort of part two of lockdown parenting <laughs> um, uh, next time. Um, but, yeah, that, for me... Um, is just definitely a little silver lining that I have found and if there's you know any that you can find in that and the moments where you really are tearing your hair out and you're finding it really really difficult if you can try and find your silver lining to focus on um, that's a really nice I guess way to manage to uh, calm down about it I suppose and just uh, you know, focus on that, throw out the window, whatever it was that you were, you know, that's frustrating you, that you were trying to get done that's not happened and just like, no, do you know what, I would normally not have this time or, you know, so, okay, let's just, just forget that, like, right today off, we can do whatever we're trying to do tomorrow and just start again. 
um, and just yeah focus on the the opportunities that it has brung rather than the challenges because let's face it the challenges are there anyway <laughs> so um, if we try and minimize them and focus on the good things about it um I guess that's that's just a way to to make it a bit more um easy to deal with for ourselves and be easier on ourselves and that self-care that I was mentioning last week as well and just being kind to yourself um so kind of maybe uh, letting go a little bit of the usual I guess um more structured nature that we have to our weeks and our days um and going with the flow a bit more and making that okay because at the end of the day um, we're probably only really answering to ourselves at the moment and putting ourselves under pressure about how, how we fit everything in. Um, so if we just focus on the stuff they absolutely have to fit in, you know, I guess like work and whatnot, and then make everything else more, um, you know, just take it as it comes, um, then, yeah, you're probably just going to feel a lot better and a lot less stressed. So I hope that was helpful. I feel like I have talked a lot more than I did last week. Um, so yeah, we will definitely go or leave some of the other stuff that I was thinking about talking about to another podcast. So um, as I say, I will post um, another couple of snippets of this book um, that I recommended on Twitter um, and you know, give me your feedback again, let me know, let me know what you think about this again, if it was helpful, um, if there's any other specific things you would like to know about, um, and um, I can include them the next time. So, take care everyone, and as I say, remember, look after yourself first, um, and then that will help you be a better parent the next day, if you have that sleep, like I was talking about, um, to my little ones, if you feel um, less tired, you'll have more capacity to be more fun and um, a more relaxed parent the next day. So don't feel guilty for taking that time for yourself. So take care, everyone. Speak to you next time.